Greetings, listeners in listener land. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the gateway city to our country's current cultural fabric and lives. I'm sitting up straight. Sometimes people think classical music is stuffy. Well, you know, I have a couple degrees in music, and it's not stuffy to me, but it depends upon what your exposure is to it and how it was exposed to you. And in studio, we have Kathy Lawton-Brown. She is actually the midday host for Radio Arts Foundation Classic 107.3. She's been a professional singer and still sings. But she was a professional singer at age 17 and became one of the first female members of the United States Air Force Band's singing sergeants in the Washington, D.C. area. She's also a featured soloist with many choruses and orchestras, concert band, and chamber ensembles in the United States, Canada, and China. Serves on some local arts organizations, including the Desmond Lee Music Collaborative, the Artist Presentation Society, and the St. Louis Children's Choir. Kathy, it's good to see you. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune. Thank you so very much. It's great to be with you, Arnold. It's good to see you again, and it's, too. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see you. We uh, saw each other at a common contact. Indeed. He, he was my one of my college roommates, Chuck Sipe. He played trumpet with uh, Randall Sheets, and yeah. they played a concert, and you helped arrange that concert. I kind of did. Actually, they had played for my late husband's funeral at Arlington. Randall is the uh, organist of, no, of uh, record and the official organist for the chapel there, the old chapel at Arlington. Right. And Chuck is a former Army Band player, right. as you well know, and just a marvelous trumpeter, and the two of them played Dave's funeral and it was really great. It was the perfect send-off for him. Not only did they play, at my request, the uh, Foray Pavan, which they did their own arrangement of, it was just glorious, but they also, at my request, finished up as they left as they left the chapel and everything. I said every time that we did any concert, we always finished with Stars and Stripes. Dave was, of course, a flutist, so he was always out there on the stage with the little piccolo obligato, mm-hmm. you know, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I had them play Stars and Stripes as they took him out. And everyone just cracked up because it was just Dave's sense of humor. And right, right. I'm sure that was the only at first and last time anybody will ever <laughs> ask for that in the old chapel. But it was just perfect. And our former commander, Colonel Arnold D. Gabriel, Arnold was Gabriel, even yes. there. He's just about to turn 97 wow. the end of this month. The 30th of this month. Gabriel was, yeah. he did a lot with Midwestern Music and Art Camp in oh. Lawrence at University of Kansas. And Chuck, my roommate, he had gone to the music camp. Wow. He is truly, he is an icon. Yes. Uh, what a privilege, especially at such a young age, to have been able to work with someone of that stature. Right. He's still just doing great. and But Chuck and Randy were just phenomenal. And so when Andy Peters, who is at who was at Second Presbyterian Church, was looking for something this past fall. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, call Chuck and Randy would love to check out that fabulous organ. Chuck will love the dynamics and everything. And there you go. So at my recommendation, they came in and I wound up narrating their concert, which was a lot of fun too. And you were very much a part of the... uh, Three-cornered hat medley. I got to participate in some visual 
representation of one of his solos. And that, matter of fact, that interview, folks, you can check out the interview we had with Randy and Chuck on stlintune.com and just punch in uh, trumpet and you'll, in the search engine. You'll find it there. Yeah. Both phenomenal musicians. They both are. And top, top notch. Talking about phenomenal musicians, we have just a fine quality of musicians here, whether they're in chamber orchestra or whether it's full St. Louis yeah. Symphony Orchestra here, whether it's Opera Theater St. Louis. The whole nine yards, the arts here in St. Louis are very strong. And one of the things that the station that you work at and what you do mm-hmm. is provide that kind of, I don't want to call it entertainment, but you pr- provide that venue of listening for for people in the area. And, and yes, talk, talk about the history of the station a little bit, if you would. The history is very interesting, and we do have our own sort of philosophy, which I'll get to in a minute as mm-hmm. I give you the history. We actually are an outgrowth of what used to be Classic 99, Mm -hmm. which was, of course, the vaunted KFUO-FM, which was in business over 60 years, a Marconi Award winner, which is a national award in broadcasting, just in case folks don't know what that is. And when they went dark, there was about three years where there really was not a classical music station. There was a consortium of people who came together who said, we cannot have this kind of cultural fabric without having a classical music a station. Vacuum. Yeah, and it's a point of point of gathering, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. for all of the arts. Mm-hmm. And that's what we that was the tradition we wanted to continue right. uh, and make this really happen. And when you look at all the different arts we have, we've got dance, we've got theater, we've got visual arts, we've got photography, we've got architecture, we've got you know so many things besides music itself and then look at all the various shades and types of music there are we have a hugely active chamber music group here absolutely you know groups here in st louis and so what we wanted to do was be the to be the friendly voice that pulled it all together that Mm -hmm. point of reference that gathering point and our philosophy is not to be stuffy but to be embracing you're talking about having to sit up straight sit at attention this is serious music don't fall asleep (laughs) don't fall asleep that's right you fall asleep somebody's going to poke you with their umbrella and it is so much fun because we are able to get engaged in that dialogue and that discussion and sometimes just by virtue of the fact of what we're doing we're able to connect different groups too like oh you're looking for that and so sometimes will be a point of reference hey Mm -hmm. we're wanting to do this who would you recommend and it's really great to have that kind of open discourse and i think it's very necessary for a community like st louis we have a large footprint but it's also deep in the arts and that's a very good way to put that it's like a consortium of contacts yes sir it is and that people will go to, like you said, to find maybe a group or where are things being played or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. And so the station really is, what, now like eight years old maybe? We just celebrated our ninth birthday in nine. April. Nine, there you so go. So now we're working on our tenth year. Wow. 
Isn't that exciting? And, and we're having Kathy on because there's an event that's coming up. I'm not Ooh, preempting yeah, this, but let's talk about yeah. this because people may be tuning in and tuning out based upon what they're doing during the day. June 3rd from 6 to 8.30 p.m. at the Community Music School, there's going to be an event. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, this is going to be fun. For those of you who like, as my father, who was Irish, used to say, for those of you who like a nip of the creature, <laughs> we have a fundraiser called Classical Cocktails. But by the way, you don't have to be an imbiber in order to enjoy this. This is just going to be terrific. We have a beautiful sponsor. I'll get to them in a moment. And we have Classical Cocktails. The uh, Chamber Music Society of St. Louis is going to be providing the music. We're going to be getting together at the Community Music School, that great big atrium that's Mm -hmm. there. We're going to be in that space. There will be some lovely hors d'oeuvres and yummies, courtesy of White Box Catering. And then we also have Switchgrass Spirits that will be providing the cocktails. Mm -hmm. And they are a new entity in St. Louis. They're a whiskey and brandy distillery, and uh, they specialize in small batch from everything. Their slogan is small batch from grain to grass. And they have single malts. They have wonderful cocktail concoctions, pardon the pun. Whiskey, which is infused with the mellow flavors of charred Missouri oak barrels. Makes you want to salivate, doesn't it? It's making me hungry and (laughs) and a little waiting for a nip of the creature. (laughs) And uh, this is going to be a terrific event. It is a fundraiser for us, but it's also a community ability for us to get together as a community, especially with COVID these last couple years. Holy smokes, these last two years have been the longest decade of my life. I don't know about you. You know, we were talking about that a little bit off the air that, and we talked about it, folks, so you understand, I'll frame this up a little bit, in in the context of people just being able to talk to one another and not talk at each other, or when a word or group of words are mentioned, or gee, I hear you're either red or blue or Republican or Democrat or independent or whatever you're talking about. Some people, it's like the wall goes up immediately rather than having the conversation. This is an opportunity because music will knock down, my words, a lot of walls that people put up because there's a lot of emotion in music and people gather it differently. And that is the common link, I think, that we have with a lot of things like that. So true. Arnold, you couldn't put that any better because, and you're a musician, you get Mm -hmm. this. Music transcends the verbal. Absolutely. People make judgment calls on the verbal. Music allows you to let go of a lot of that judgment. And I think that when we get into these verbal discussions. If I say, I like earphones, and someone has 95 other assets that they ascribe to me because I like earphones because that's a taboo subject, then all of a sudden, we're not communicating. And so that timelessness of music is what really is what music's all about. That's what we try and do at the station, is to be out of the way, but to present that timelessness. An interesting little factoid here. With COVID hitting, Mm -hmm. many people began to listen to us and stream us online. Oh, wow. And our our audience grew exponentially because it's something that transcends time, Mm -hmm. because it is something that puts you into a much better place. And it is not the harangue right. of what's going on at the moment. It is timeless. It is something that survived the ages, and it puts you in touch with that inner 
you could call it grace, that inspiration, whatever you want to call it, that's within each of us. Absolutely. And one of my questions that I have is, why do you think that music that we would call classical music, because mm-hmm. it takes the range of, you could go back to Renaissance Baroque and cla- real classical music, romantic music, modern music. Why, what is it about that music that really excites people? And what is it about that that intimidates people? Oh, that's a great question. Because I think it speaks to all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who are new to classical music, mm-hmm. and we do have a lot of new listeners, yep. not just because of COVID, but a lot of people hear that and they go, oh, that's pretty. And they stay with us a little while. And then they find out something about the composer or whatever. But the thing is that if you're walking through a garden, you don't have to be a botanist to know that particular flower over there is beautiful and you like it. You don't have to know that it's a rutabecchia. Right. That's a, that's a great <laughs> illustration. It's You don't have to know the yeah. technical name of it. Oh, a black-eyed Susan. Okay, but it's beautiful. Intrinsically, it is beautiful. It is a reflection of timelessness, of creation. And so I think that's where music has it all over words. <laughs> I and I don't think people realize when you were mentioning that, I was brought back to a, a point at which I was watching a movie. It was The Godfather. Oh. And I think it was, I want to say, it have been, I can't remember which one, but it was at the end where daughters murdered. Oh, yes. And the music in The Godfather is just very moving. Oh. That, that music moved me. It wasn't the scene. It was the music portraying the scene that moved me to tears. Yeah. And I think about this, that yeah. in, if you withdrew, and folks listen to this, if you withdrew music from movies, how powerful would the movie be? Can I share a little story with you? Absolutely. In my checkered past, I have taught for a number of years, for 30 years I taught on the college level, and one of the ta- classes I taught was music appreciation, which I laughingly called music depreciation. (laughs) And, of course, at the beginning of class, I would always say, okay, how many of you are in here because you need a fine arts credit? Oh, 90% of the hands go up. I said, okay, as long as we're here, let's have fun. Right. One of the things that I would do is, this is when Top Gun was really popular, I would play Top Gun with no sound. You know, that very first, if you will, ballet on the deck sequence when they're launching the uh, Tomcats off Mm -hmm. the off the deck and it's exciting it's beautiful it's fascinating and uh, it gives you that wonderful visual and and this is serious business because they're going out to war and I asked the class after I played that sequence how long was that seven eight minutes maybe and we sort of took a class panel discussion there Then I played it with the music. It's three and a half minutes long. Wow. And it's so much different. Because seeing those scenes without that danger zone underneath there, and it makes an an enormous difference. And like you said, it affects us. It helps to create the movie, which is why I have such a huge admiration for people like John Williams. Oh, yes. and Nino Rota, and so many of 
golly, I could go on and on. There, James Newton Howard, and I, there's so many, it's hard to even think of them all, that have just really made music, or the, made the movies perfect. They really have, and that's a great point, because there's sometimes when my wife is trying to sleep, and I can't sleep, I'll get up and I'll watch something, <laughs> and I'll just put the credit or the byline on, or the whatever they call it, the closed captioning on, mm-hmm. and I'm not listening to the music. I'm watching a movie, and I can still hear the dialogue because I'm reading the dialogue. The movie's not as powerful. It doesn't have the impact that right. it does because of what you just said, that music okay. and the dialogue and the, the visual, it all wraps itself up in a package to, that's delivered yeah. and which is supposed to speak to us. It's really true. Try so, watching Secretariat without music sometime. And it's wonderful, but uh, not Secretariat. Yeah, no. Uh, Seabiscuit. Right. Seabiscuit. Right. Fabulous. That'll be fabulous interesting. Music. I'll have to try that one. <laughs> St. Louis Intune strives to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories and interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. Our topics cover a wide range such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and even sports. And that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we connect to what is going on nationally as well. If you enjoy what you hear, please take time and share and subscribe to this show and listen to other previous shows that can be found on our website, stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. Or on your favorite podcast platform. That's stlintune.com. stlintune.com. And if you've got an idea that you'd like for us to examine a little deeper, let us know by dropping us a note at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis in Tune, heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website, again, is stlintune.com. We want to hear from you, stlintune.com. We're having a conversation with Kathy Lawton-Brown. She is the midday host at Classic 107.3, 107.3. And they are the quote unquote classic station. And we're talking about having a lot of fun. They're they're the voice of the arts for St. Louis, and they have an activity coming up here June the 3rd called Classical Cocktails. Yeah. And then there's another event coming up, but I'm going to let Kathy go ahead and uh, discuss those for us. Sure. We'll just finish up and finish the housekeeping on Classical Cocktails, which is going to be great fun. June the 3rd, and it's $95 a ticket. You can reserve your, your place by going to classic one zero seven org slash classical dash cocktails. And our event chair, by the way, is the lovely, gracious Mary Forsyth. So it ought to be just terrific. All the proceeds will benefit Classic 1073 and its mission to support classical arts in St. Louis. And some people may be wondering, like, well, you're 92.9, and you're also on another station, and what are you talking about other stations? And we're all not-for-profit stations here, and we all encourage the not-for-profit community. We have had a lot of not-for-profits on the show here, but it's good to encourage listening on the radio period. Yes, it is. 
Yes, it is. Before we even started this, we were laughing because I used to listen to a motivational speaker by the name of Jim Rohn, not the sports guy, a different Jim Rohn. And he used to say, there's a problem with trying to sink half the ship. Guess what happens to your own half? And that's really, if we get so territorial and aligned to a fiefdom about something, what we're really doing is in, in essence, cutting off our own nose to spite the face because we all benefit from this. I'm a very haptic listener. I'll bounce around the dial all over the place. And it's, I think that's a good thing to be able to do. First of all, it keeps you fresh. It keeps you informed. And it also says, okay, that's not a station I care for, but this one I really like. Find something new. And there may be times when you're listening in because of a certain host or a particular show, mm-hmm. or maybe Arnold Stricker, <laughs> yeah, St. Louis in tune, folks. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's a special kind of thing. There's a Stravinsky festival coming up. Yeah, and so you, wow, I want to hear what what Igor's got going on there in this particular <laughs> kind of uh, two hours or something like That's that. That's exactly right. Yeah, and sometimes too, what we'll do. I know Julie does this. She's our morning host, Julie Schuster. Mm-hmm. She's also our acting general manager, and just a bright, wonderful gal. And Julie's on from 6 to 10. Then I take over from 10 to 2. And then Tom Sutholt, who was also with KFUO-FM, he and I were both with that, as was uh, our director uh, and engineer of sorts. He is our production director, and Mm -hmm. that is Brandon Lemieux. And he also came from KFUO-FM. One of the reasons for that is our founding general manager, was Jim Connett, mm. who had been program director at KFUOFM. So we had that little cadre of people that were real tight. And then Jim Doyle, who regrettably passed away not quite a year ago, very suddenly. We so miss him still. Mark knew him very well. Oh, what a mensch. Oh, we just loved him to pieces. Yeah. And uh, just a great guy. Now, he came to us from KMOX, but he and Jim had worked together. Jim Connett had right. worked together years ago and uh, had that great close friendship. So it made a huge difference. So we are a family. And you'll tune in sometimes, and one of us will be doing at lunch with the arts, for instance. I might be celebrating the music of Rachmaninoff or a birthday. And so you have a little bit of an insight, maybe a, a note or two you didn't know about that composer. But more importantly, you get to hear different aspects of that person's music. Sure. When did you get your start in, in radio? <laughs> totally by accident. Actually, it started uh, when I was a junior in college. Mm -hmm. Our college choir in Winter Park, Florida, which is outside of Orlando, had uh, recorded a musical Christmas card for the community. And they had this really cool thing. It was a video camera that you could put on your shoulder. It was like I remember those were heavy. (laughs) It was about four inches wide by about eight inches, and it was maybe 12 inches long. It was the bomb. Okay. So after they had done the recording, I was talking with the guys. I said, wow, how's this work? You know, I did the... And one of the fellows said, you've got a pretty good voice. Well, I was a voice major, so that had a lot sure. to do with it and good articulation. And uh, he said, would you like to voice the ads? Would you like to do the voiceovers? Oh. I said, oh, yes. <laughs> that took about a nanosecond for right, me to decide. Right. And so that's really what got me involved in announcing. Cool. Isn't that wild? And you, you did you that know. even when you were in the service? I or? did that even when I was in the service. We wow. were a bowling Air Force base, so we were actually where they would produce the Armed Forces Radio and Television. And I did a couple of things with them. Okay. And uh, then I did freelancing and all that kind of thing. And then one day I happened to call into KFUO-FM. This was in early 90s. 
And I said, I talked to Tom Suttold and said, my husband heard a an impressionistic piece. It was either Ravel or Debussy. He heard it about 2.30 yesterday. Can you look it up? And he said, gee, you've got great pipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, have you ever announced? I said, oh, yes, for many years. And he said, we're looking for a female presence. Wow. So you never know when you're auditioning, Arnold. Right. Timing. It's all timing. That's and right. it's a little smile from above. Very cool. Very, Very cool. cool. You've Very got cool. another activity I mentioned coming up, and it, it deals with something red. It does indeed. The Red Birds. We are going to have the very first ever, our inaugural classical music night at the ballpark. This is going to be June 29th when the cards are teaming up against or fighting against the card, the Marlins, and uh, it is going to blast. And not only are we going to have the game, there's going to be a pregame activity, which is a small concert with the St. Louis Philharmonic Orchestra. And so the tickets can be procured, but the thing is that you'll have not only the opportunity to hear the St. Louis Philharmonic, you'll have a St. Louis Cardinals t-shirt that says, Meet Me in St. Louis, a commemorative t-shirt, mm-hmm. all sorts of really cool things. And all you do is you visit cardinals.com for theme tickets on June 29th. Or you can visit classic1073.org and look under events. Either way, we can set you up and get it done. There you go. And I'm looking at the website right now. You've got a lot of different programs and educational kinds of activities going on. Yes. Uh, Talk about some of those, what I would call in-house kind of productions that you guys have done. You have something called the Slatkin Shuffle. Yes. Which I'm interested in. And then you have Bach to Beyonce. (laughs) Which, uh, that's fun, isn't it? That, that sounds fun, too. We'll start off with the Slatkin Shuffle, one of our great friends and assets. He's also a friend to the classical, cha- to the Chamber Music Society of St. Louis, is Leonard Slatkin. Mm-hmm. And, of course, is our maestro emeritus of the St. Louis Symphony and his vast background. Because, of course, for those who may not know, his father was Felix, Felix Slatkin. Right. So, as a little boy, he was just sort of hobnobbing with all these famous names from around the world, but he has so many marvelous stories, and he too is an eclectic listener. He'll, everything, I heard him do a Stan Freeberg thing, back, I'm talking like from the late 50s, early 60s, and he played a Stan Freeberg comedy bit that's a send-up, just great, but wonderful music, things that you wouldn't expect, and there, it's, he does the Slatkin Shuffle as if it were on your iPad, hmm. just so he lets the iPad do the shuffling. Oh, wow. So it's really fun. There's never a dull moment, and he narrates it, tells some of his stories and, and so forth. So it's really great to get that insight into his personality. And, kind of like a uh, personal listening list. It is. That's exactly what it is. Hmm. And uh, Brandon Lemieux produces that. Okay. And then also uh, he produces a new program that Leonard has come up with, which is American Musical Journey, Ooh. which is just essentially what one would, imp- you know, what the name implies about all the various American composers and things like this. And he's always been a champion of young composers coming through. So it's a fascinating fascinating insight Very interesting. from his perspective. From, because a lot of uh, symphonies they have, I should say a lot of symphony orchestras have a focus, and maybe it takes on the focus of the conductor or of the board where they want to just play 
what I'm going to call the standards, or we're just going to do modern. And I have always appreciated just a, a smattering kind of get getting as much of a variety as you can. Mm-hmm. But the focus on American is very interesting. It reminds me of the art museum down at Crystal Bridges in Bentonville, Arkansas. That particular collection is strictly American art. And it traces all the way back as far as they can go with the collection, but very eclectic in the kinds of styles. But sh- how the museum's laid out is is just from day one of their like their first painting of maybe back in the 1700s and oh, then wow. to current day. So it's and it's not what's interesting. It's not oh gee, there's a black artist section over here or oh gee, there's a. Hispanic artists, it's all mixed, Yay, which is I what like it should that. be. So it's more chronological as it's you walk It's more chronological, through. right. Yeah. Arnold, I'm going to have to see that. You said that's in Bentonville? That's in Bentonville, Arkansas. It's Crystal Bridges Museum. Thank you it's so free. much for that recommendation. It's free. I'll see your audience members down there when I go see it, because that's that's just gone on my list. Yeah. Maestro Slatkin does something very similar with American music in that that way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay and it may not be chronological but what he's doing is presenting all these different uh, american musicians and composers and Mm -hmm. and it's we have a very rich history because we are a melting pot for the world absolutely and we have we are oftentimes the place where people really do take off where they've had okay careers and then they hit here and kaboom because there is the opportunity and i think that's a very important thing us to recognize. It is, that we're not only a, I don't want to say a springboard platform, but we are, mm-hmm. we give a lot of career some stability. Indeed we do. And certainly there's nothing that can replace having also traveled to other countries and, you know, had time in performing in, say, Germany, depending on what your specialty is, but, but it is really a wide open field still, even though people say, oh, I don't know, it's pretty tough. Oh yeah, it's competitive. Sure it is. Sure. <laughs> Especially right now, people taking advantage of pirating things and stuff like that. So that's become a little bit thorny. Right. There's some weeds there that need to be negotiated. But the thing is that we as a country have done so much to promote music and culture and learn ourselves as well. And it's important we keep in touch with that as a civilization. Speaking of that, Kathy, what do you think? needs to be done to bring, and I know this is very much on the forefront of the symphony's mind, to bring younger listeners into the fold. I remember when I taught elementary music, we would always take the third grade to the symphony Mm -hmm. to hear a concert. It was young people's concert kind of thing. And it seems like with COVID, attendance falls down, falls off. And yeah. how do you, you know, just bringing people back, but bringing younger listeners to want to support? That is an excellent question. There are a couple of things that uh, have been done in the past, but COVID kind of threw a monkey wrench in a sure, lot of things sure. there. Uh, but there are groups like the E. Desmond Lee Collaborative. I'm no longer a member of it, but but I had served on it for six years when I was producing premier performances with Umzel. But the collaborative, they help they helped to fund buses so that the kids could get from the school and so forth. AFM, the American Federation of Musicians, had outreach concerts. And for the guys in the symphony and myself, we would go out to various schools and perform for them as a quintet. So they've done a lot of that. 
We've discovered over these last few years, and we were actually in the middle of hatching this project when COVID hit, we came up with an idea. It's an extension of the idea of Classics for Kids, which starts at 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings. It's about an hour-long show, and it is music that's geared for kids a little bit more. It might be a story. It might be just listening to music with a new ear. Um, but we came up with the Youth Education Committee that Carol Comerford, who used, who was formerly with the uh, Community Music School, she's our chairman, and we discussed this and decided we really needed to have something that reached into the classroom, right. something that would touch the kids, something that they could identify with, something that they felt proud about to say, hey, I'm from that heritage. So we started off, our very first project was West Africa. And so what we did was we did some research and learned about the various instruments, you know, that are played in West Africa and learned about the performers and that kind of thing. And then I wrote a little script, which was full narrator. We've now got it more of a dialogue thing. But what we did was we went to um, West Africa with Anana, a grandmother. And this young lady, she learns about these various instruments and how they're played. And we hear them in the discussion and in the presentation from the radio. The nice thing is that this whole thing is supplemented online by audio and visual resources. So when people go onto our website, classic1073.org, did you get that? (laughs) classic1073.org, they can look up musical ancestries. And that will bring up what's called a Prezi presentation that takes you through the script, the essentially the points of the script. So if you're talking about a particular kind of, like a type of a marimba, okay, mm-hmm. it's actually got a different name. I won't go into that. But the thing is that you see how it's played, how it's built, how they put this together. There are some projects that are in here, like how to make your own... <laughs> cigar box violin things like this that and it talks about the um, culture the dress the dance the all the different aspects of what really creates a culture and so that way when you visit west africa you really feel like you've had a good chunk of the culture we are now on our we've just finished our 10th our 10th country, and our next one on the docket is brazil some of the countries we've been to india Algeria, Thailand. We did Native American throughout the entire north, northern United States. We've been to the Caribbean, South America, sorry, Central America, all sorts of different places that just expands the mind. We checked, we checked out Jewish music throughout the diaspora, so that's worldwide. And we had the, the actors that we used on that were students from one of the local temples mm-hmm. and their music teacher. So it's been a very engaging pro- uh, project. We're very excited about it. It's terrific for homeschoolers. And all these things, by the way, Arnold, are cross-referenced. As a former educator, you're going to appreciate this. These are cross-referenced with the standards I see that for teaching, which is huge for anyone who's a teacher. Absolutely. So those of you who are listening out there, you might want to encourage your music teacher at your elementary school to take a look at this. Mm-hmm. It's called Musical Ancestries, and you can get that at classic1073.org, and then Musical Ancestries up at the top under Education. You can, right. you can find that. If you've missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis Intune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stl 
intune.com. There, you'll find every show from our first to our most current. Use the search engine to look for a show that might interest you from one of the many topics that we've covered. And drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. You can do that at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis in Tune, heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. And don't forget, check out our website, stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. We were having a conversation with Kathy Lawton Brown from the Radio Arts Foundation of Classic 107.3 Musical and Cultural Heritage Musical Ancestries program that is available. And touching all those countries, just how many more do you want to expand that towards? I guess we're just going to do it until... The whole world is covered? (laughs) (laughs) The whole world is covered. Yeah, and I think we're going... We know that uh, Brazil will be our next destination. Mm -hmm. And I think after that, we may visit the Ukraine, obviously being sensitive to the current situation, and we need to give people time to heal from this. So depending on timing, but that'll probably be the next one. But we've got several other possibilities in the pipeline. So it's this has been such a learning experience for those of us on the Youth Education Committee, which, by the way, is chaired by Charles Gooden, who was for many years with Harris Stowe. And he is just having a ball. And even our chairman of the board, Jay Noose, will occasionally just sit in on our meetings because we all have so much fun because we're so engaged in learning all these new things. Right, right. You know? But it is, it's really been an education for all of us. And of course, the old saying, by your students, you'll be taught. Well, Absolutely. That's, yeah. So this is one of a number of home productions, if you will. These are locally produced by us. And of course, it is Brandon Lemieux, who is the one who puts these together. Gotcha. And, and a Bach to Beyonce one. Bach to Beyonce. Oh, my goodness. That is so much fun. Maria Ellis is the host for that. And she takes a little bit of the rap beat and then the Beyonce things. And then also because she's trained as a classical musician, she will intersperse these things together, weave them together, oh, wow. and come out with very interesting programs. So that's hmm. and there's a there's another way to reach out to young lister, right. listeners, right? You know, and for maybe an underserved community too. That let's let's make this music is a universal language, absolutely. As are the arts. So let's embrace everybody. And uh, folks, if you're our generation, I should say, <laughs> you know, if, if you're a baby boomer, you don't realize, or maybe you do. That if you watched Tom and Jerry and if you watched Bugs Bunny and you watched all the Roadrunner and all that kind of stuff, all the music in those particular episodes were quote-unquote classical music. Yes, So you were getting educated. And now if you go back and watch those, you actually see how much adult humor was going on in many of those things. Or or tongues and cheeks. Yeah, think about Bugs Bunny in the barbershop. Yeah. That's exactly right. And and also, back when they came out with Fantasia, what was that? That was in the 40s. Yes. That was actually late 30s. Might have been been late 30s. That original Fantasia, that was actually cartoons that were put to classical music, and it gave a form and a a plot to it. Still a wonderful work. 
that movie. Absolutely. Just something that... That was a classical uh, uh, compliment on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I've said that for years. You see how comfortable I am. I'm not even thinking broadcaster anymore. I'm just just being me. A special thing coming up on Friday nights, right? Friday nights, yeah. We have. If you go on our website right now, you're going to see that about 8 o'clock on Fridays, we have Amy Kaiser with Musical Moments. Amy has said, you know what? I'm tired. I think I want to relax and enjoy my retirement. And so she's going to, she is going to finish that show. And we're going to put back Friday Night Jazz. So Jason Church's Jazz Collective will be on that evening, as will something else with Calvin Wilson Mm -hmm. in a little bit earlier hour. So it ought to be a lot of fun. A lot of people really enjoyed being able to tune into jazz because a lot of our listeners who are classically trained or even not, but just enjoy classical music, it's something where they can, you know, let their hair down a little bit on a Friday night. Yeah, you know, and... And enjoy a nip of the creature. There we go. We're being secular. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of which, I I want to go back to the activity June 3rd. Yes. From 6 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. at the Community Music School uh, of Webster University, Classic Cocktails. Mm -hmm. That is going to be so much fun. And as I said, it's going to be in the atrium Mm -hmm. at the Community Music School an opportunity to mix and mingle and hear the glorious sounds of the Chamber Music Society of St. Louis. And you probably know their uh, impresario, I'll just put in that, Mark Gordon, who was for many years the English horn player with the St. Louis Symphony. Okay, okay. And he is connected. Mark and I go back many years doing Bach and all that, with thousands of notes under the bridge with the two of us. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> but even if you have a friend who says, well, I don't really like classical music, don't worry about it. Just bring them on because it's very relaxed. It's not that sit at attention, this is serious music right. kind of thing. And this you don't have to be fun. quiet while it's going on. No, you can actually, yeah. You're encouraged to speak with <laughs> other right. people. And we've done this as a because of COVID. We had done it as a virtual thing the last couple of years. Right. It's going to be so nice to be able to see people again and just communicate. So check that out, folks. June Absolutely. 3rd, you can go to classic one oh seven three. Dot org, da, 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 and look for Classical Cocktails. And that's June 3rd, and then the Cardinals' night is going to be June 29th at the ballpark. So yeah. all sorts of good stuff going Wonderful on. stuff, Kathy. Thanks for coming in. You, you need are to come so back. welcome. Oh, my goodness. I would be delighted to. We are glad you decided to listen to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. We know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we are glad that you have chosen to listen to us. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.